Welcome and greetings, career-minded superstars. You are listening to the exclusive Career Coach, your podcast for all things career. And I'm Lisa Edwards, the indispensable career coach for superstars just like you. Now let's dig into this week's topic, shall we? Hi there. I want to tell you about my webinars that are going to be coming up every month. I want you to check out my website and see what this month's webinar topic is and sign up. The format is going to be the same every month, even though the topics are going to change. It's going to be a huge variety of career-related topics. I'm going to give you a deep dive into content about that topic for about 30 minutes, and then you're going to have a chance for 30 minutes of Q&A in the chat box while I'm, I'm teaching you. You can ask me a question, and then if you're really brave, and I hope you will be, you can be volunteered to coach live on that month's topic so you can raise your hand and I'll coach you. I want to give you that URL so that you can go to my website, see what the next topic is and sign up. So go to http colon backslash backslash nope. So go to my website at exclusivecareercoaching.com forward slash webinar sign up see what this month's topic is, see when and, and, and what time it is, sign up and, uh, and get in there and participate with me. I look forward to having you there. Thanks. Greetings, career managers. How are you? I don't know what the weather's doing where you're at, but as I record this podcast, it is what I suspect the height of pollen season here in Tallahassee, Florida. So um, I was talking to a colleague this morning and I said, so my car is yellow and your car is yellow and everyone's car is yellow. And she said, well, some people have like a greenish yellow car. I said, yeah, that's about the only variety. So right now it's all about the pollen within, I can clean off my windshield come in and two hours later, <laughs> I have to clean it off again for the pollen. So uh, as I survive that, I hope that you are having good weather where you're at. We're having beautiful weather here. It's just that, that whole awful pollen thing. Today, I want to talk about an attitude check during the job search. So thinking about what you think about specifically as you're going through the job search. So I often liken the job search to root canal surgery, and I I contend that root canal surgery is better because at least the dentist gives you good drugs, (laughs) and I encourage you not to self-medicate while you're, you're going through a job search. I don't think anyone would ever describe a job search as fun or enjoyable, but it doesn't have to be awful either. And as my coach says, negative things happening in your life are inevitable. They're going to happen. She calls it ass. I've shared that with you before. You're going to have about 50% of your life is going to be not great stuff, negative emotion, ass, but it doesn't mean that you have to suffer. So she says suffering is optional, and which really gets back to how you think about that circumstance in your life, what has happened in, in your in your life. Eleanor Roosevelt is credited with saying, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. And I love that quote. It's meant a lot to me for many years. Think about this. What if I told you your brown eyes are mousy, too dark, and just plain ugly? You know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you have blue eyes. You're completely confident that your eyes are blue, so no matter what I say about your brown eyes, it's not going to have an effect on you. On the other hand, if I told you you were not a good mother and maybe I produced some evidence about how you had not been a good mother in a particular situation, or a good spouse, a good sibling, a good daughter or son, a good employee, might some self-doubt creep in. 
So might you believe what I'm saying because on some level you believe it's true. If I present you with evidence of when you weren't a good mother or a good father or, or any of those things, a good employee, might you believe a little bit of what I'm saying because maybe there's a granular, a granule of truth in there that, that you latch on to. So in other words, you begin to feel inferior about the thing I've said to you because you're convinced that it's true, that there's some truth to it. So let's bring this back around to the job search. What does any of this have to do with your job search? There's lots of negative rejections and, and no reactions at all. You know, you don't hear from an employer, you get rejected, you, you don't know what's going on, or you thought you were the top candidate and you don't get the job. That's inherent in the job search. So very few people are going to be able to apply and get an interview for the first job they apply for. Right off the bat, there comes their dream job. They apply, they get the interview, and they get the job. It's almost guaranteed that there's going to be rejection as part of the process. And I always liken this to the sales process. So those of you who are my sales superstars, you're very familiar with the process of rejection or the fact that rejection is inherent in getting to the yeses. So the noes are... are just a tool, a currency to get you to the yes that you want. So inherent in the job search is going to be that rejection. And so if you believe that those rejections, those non-responses mean that you aren't adequate as a job candidate, you're going to maybe do one of two things. You're either going to pull back on your job search efforts, sort of pull up on the reins a little bit, if you will, or you're going to continue with your job search, but without showing up as fully yourself as you were in the past or as you could be. You're going to show up as maybe the version of yourself that you think people want to hire more than they want to hire you. Either of those options are going to reduce your chances for job search success and that's going to provide you with further evidence that you think you're an inadequate job candidate. So it's really interesting how we sort of have fulfilled that idea. So we've decided we're an inadequate job candidate and then we produce evidence that we are, in fact, an adequate job candidate. But it's not because of anything we've done in uh, our career that has made us an inadequate candidate. It's how we go about the job search, how we show up for the job search because of this thought we have in our head that we're an inadequate candidate. On the other hand, if what you believed about those rejections meant something better was coming along um, if those non-responses meant to you that that just wasn't the right opportunity for you. So I'm, I'm really excited about what's down the road. I'm getting through my rejections. I'm getting through the no's to get to the yes. Then you would double down on your job search. So you get a, a rejection. You're like, okay, that's one down. I'm that much closer to the yes. I know this is a numbers game. I know rejection is part of the process. It's the currency I've got to pay to get the yes of my dream job then you're going to show up much differently. And how you execute your job search, how you show up as the authentic version of yourself, you're not apologizing for any aspect of you. You're not trying to change or conceal any part of you. You're showing up as authentically yourself. And here's a side benefit, which I think is a pretty big side benefit of showing up throughout this process as authentically yourself. If you think about this with a relationship, you know, if you go out on a date with a dude or with a, a woman and you kind of become the person that you think they want you to be, which is not who you really are, 
and they're attracted to that, well, you can see there's going to be a problem down the road because eventually the real you is going to come out and they may not like that person at all. Wouldn't you have really rather known that right up front and you both could have gone your separate ways? It's the same way with a job search. What if they hire who they think they're going to get and then the real you shows up, maybe day one, maybe day 100, but the real you will eventually show up and find out that this wasn't such a great fit after all. So it's really important to be authentic about yourself throughout this process. I just, gosh, less than a week ago, got a call from a younger client that I've been working with who's in the New York City area. She started working with me, oh gosh, I think it was early fall last year, maybe even in the summer. And she got a rather extensive package. So not only did I write her resume, cover letter, LinkedIn profile for her, but we had a, quite a bit of coaching time. Uh, we did interview coaching, job search coaching, and then accountability calls. So every other week we jumped on a 30-minute call to see how she was going, how she was doing against her goals for those two weeks and what progress she was making, what stumbling blocks she was running into, what issues she had. And so she called me. She wanted to use her last accountability call last week. And as it turned out, it was right prior to a, it was just hours before a lunch meeting with everybody. It was a small group. It was six people on the, at the company. So startup. And they were having her for a late Friday lunch. And she ended up talking to the CEO right after that. And she called me Friday night to tell me that she had gotten an amazing offer that was better than she had expected. And just the perks for the job are amazing. And she is so excited about the job, the content, the work, the people that she'll be working around. And she was so appreciative of the work we've done together. Well, the reason I'm telling you this story is that it did not happen as quickly as Lauren would have liked. And that was, again, that's part of the process, you know. People start out with a ton of confidence at the beginning of their job search, but it can be really easy to kind of let that slip as you go. And so part of my work with her was keeping that motivation high, problem solving the challenges that were coming up for her. So if strategy A wasn't working, let's go to strategy B and making sure that she didn't make it about herself. She didn't make it an indictment on her ability to do the job. So we rejigged throughout the, the process, um, and she actually was reached out to by her former boss to do some part-time work, uh, kind of on a temporary basis with the company that her boss had subsequently moved to. And they actually gave her an offer. And, you know, it was a difficult decision for her to make because she didn't have this other offer on the table at the time, but she felt inherently that that position at her boss's new company was not a good permanent fit for her. It was great that she was making some money on a part-time basis, staying busy, you know, for the short term, but she didn't see it as a long-term um, move for her. Well, she's just thrilled about this new company. And we talked Friday night when she called me back, we talked about the fact that this didn't happen as quickly as she had hoped and that there were a lot of twists and turns in it that she couldn't have possibly foreseen. But now she can look back and say that all happened exactly the way it was supposed to. Those other positions that I thought were fantastic, I was really upset when I didn't get them or I didn't get the didn't get the interview or I got the interview and I didn't get a job offer or a second interview. She was sad at the time about those, but she can now look back in retrospect at that whole process and realize that 
she needed to go through that. She needed those rejections. She needed to see some positions that weren't ideal for her to kind of feel that. What does it feel like to be in an environment that doesn't quite fit? What does it feel like to have an interview with a prospective boss that you don't quite connect with or whatever the case may be so that when the right one came along, she knew it She and she was super excited about it and very eager to put her best foot forward for that opportunity. So it's really important that you check your attitude, kind of your thoughts about yourself throughout the job search. So again, it's really easy to go into a job search with high confidence and lots of hopes, um, but you can allow, if, if you choose to, you can allow the rejections and the non-responses to lower your hopes and confidence and sort of lessen your motivation for the job search. But this is optional. These are thoughts in your head. They're not based on any facts. So it's optional for you to have those feelings. And so I want to give you my top three suggestions for maintaining a positive attitude throughout the duration of your job search. And these are maybe not the recommendations that you would think I would give. So number one, I want you to set daily job search goals. And, and some people, depending on how much time you've got for your job search, depending on whether you're working a full-time job while job searching or not, maybe your goals are more on a weekly basis. Or even if you have all the time in the world, it's a monthly goal. But I do want you to set goals. And I want, you to, I want them to be results goals. So, for example, a result goal, a daily goal. Today, I am going to, I'm going to schedule one coffee break. And you've got a list of people that, you're, that you really want to have face-to-face -face networking meetings with about your job search. And I'm going to keep calling until I get somebody scheduled. Or I'm going to apply to these five jobs that I found online on job boards this week. I'm going to do, that's going to be my task for today. I'm going to accomplish those five job applications. And then I want you to reward yourself regularly for achieving those goals. So what is motivating to you, right? So if I think about my daily work, sometimes in the morning I have to do work that's, that's intense and, and sometimes it's not particularly enjoyable but I know that at 11 o'clock in the morning, I get my break, I get my breakfast, and then I get to take my dog for a walk. And we get to get outside in, unfortunately, the pollen right now. But we get to get outside and go for a long walk, and I just love spending that time with Piper. So that's really motivating to me. So whatever is motivating to you and doesn't have a negative consequence. So what do I mean by that? Um, you know, if I finish all of these job tasks, I'm going to drink a bottle of wine or I'm going to go get a large ice cream sundae. So every day if I do what's on my list, I'm going to get an ice cream sundae. Well, that could cause problems with not only your health, but your interview outfit won't fit for too much longer. So think about something that is rewarding to you and doesn't have a negative consequence, something that you really enjoy doing that doesn't have any side effects. So number one is set daily job search goals and reward yourself regularly. I have a lot of clients who think that their rewards should come when they get the job offer, right? So then I'm going to treat myself to X. And it's a rather large thing that there's this carrot that they've dangled out for themselves. Well, that job search could last four months. It could even last, unfortunately, more than a year. And that really puts that carrot well off into the distance. Much better to spend, if you want to spend the same amount of money, rewarding yourself, but break it up into 
weekly. So I've done everything on my list Monday through Friday today. So here's what here's what my reward is for Saturday or Sunday. So that's number one. Number two, and this one I know is a tricky one, but I want you to celebrate your failures. So remember the title of this one is Attitude Check during the job search. And so I really want you to be aware of what you make that quote unquote failure mean. And I'm going to use air quotes because I really don't see that as a failure. So if someone says to you, you know, you didn't get the job, you weren't the top candidate, um, it was a really tough decision, but we went with somebody else, or you just don't hear anything and you keep calling and you keep doing everything you know to do and nobody will respond, you have an option. You can decide, again, that that means you're a failure or that that is a failure, that effort was a failure, that it was a waste of time or you can celebrate it as making it that much closer to your yes, making it that much closer to your dream job that's going to come along any day now. It's that much closer. And celebrate what you learned, how you grew from that experience. So, for example, did you, in the process of applying for that position, did it require you to dig deep to answer a question on the interview question interview um, application that maybe you'll be able to use somewhere down the line. You had to come up with some piece of information about yourself that was very insightful. Did you make it to the interview phase and they, in the interview, asked you really tough interview questions that really caused you to grow? Um, maybe you didn't do so good with those questions and so you want to go back and kind of rejig your approach to interviewing so that you can answer those questions should they be asked of you again. Perhaps you met someone in the process. So the interview, the job didn't work out, but there was a connection that you made, a relationship that was formed that you can continue to cultivate and that will be very beneficial to you down the road. So celebrate those quote unquote failures for the good that was in them. You know, so if I go back to what my coach says when she calls it ass, I really try to look for what's the, what am I learning? Why is this happening for me? I'm very careful that I don't say, why is this happening to me? Because I don't want to be in a victim mode. So in the case of a job that you don't get offered, why did this happen for me? Well, it, it probably happened because there's something better along the way. It might have happened because I was supposed to meet this person I was supposed to learn this thing about myself. I was supposed to learn about this company because somehow, even though I'm not going to work there, there's going to be some connection between me and this company. Maybe I'm going to work for a company for which this company will become a customer of mine. So what's the, what's the silver lining behind that cloud of that rejection or that non-notice that I can celebrate? Number three. I really want you to regularly evaluate the ROI of the job search activities you're engaged in. So one of the things I do with clients when I start off when we're doing job search uh, coaching is we create a four to five prong job strategy. So we pick, I actually have a list of things, we pick a combination of active strategies and passive strategies. And then within each of those four or five strategies, I have them come up with two to three action items for each strategy. So, for example, if one of their strategies is that they're going to attend um, in-person career fairs in their area, let's say they live in a big city like Atlanta, and there are there's always a career fair that the, the the chambers putting on or the Department of Labor different companies put on career fairs 
different industries will put on career fairs. They may be able to go to a career fair as an alumni of their university. So if that's the strategy, then maybe one action item is to, you know, spend some time on, um, on the internet trying to find what, um, what events are coming up that they could attend. And then maybe another strategy is to research each of those in terms of, um, you know, when is it? Do I, will I be available for the actual event? What are the requirements? What do I have to submit or do to be eligible to go to this thing? If there's a cost involved, do I have the budget for that? Can I logistically manage it? So maybe I'm living in Atlanta, but I want to go look, I want to live in Boston. So I want to look at the events that are going on in Boston. Will I have to negotiate the the money that it will cost me to get to Boston and to stay. There may be a cost for some of the events as well. So I want you to look at those strategies periodically. So depending on how intensely you're job searching. So if you are in a full-time job search, you don't have another job. Maybe you were terminated or you quit. And so your full-time job is looking for a job. I would be evaluating the ROI of your job search activities every month. So maybe the last day of the month, which I'm, as I record this, it happens to be the last day in February. So maybe that's what you would do is say, okay, here's what I did in February. Here's the results I got from these various strategies. And how do I want to adjust that going forward? Is there a strategy I want to drop completely because I'm seeing nothing? It's just not, I'm not getting any traction no matter how hard I try. Is there another strategy that seems to be more successful than the others and I want to put more of my energy and resources into that strategy? If you are conducting more of a passive job search, you might want to do this. Let's say you're not even really actively job searching. You're just kind of what I call ARFO. You're always ready for opportunity. So maybe once or twice a year, you kind of take a look at hey, whenever I go to this event, I seem to get a flurry of recruiters calling me. Or whenever I do this thing on LinkedIn, I have more recruiters that reach out to me. So then you may want to do more of those things. So really regularly evaluate the ROI of the job search activities that you're engaging in. And if I kind of circle back around to what I said at the beginning of that strategy, I want you to have four or five job search strategies. I don't want you to have one. So many people, the entirety of their job search strategy is, I'm going to look on job boards. And that's a very passive strategy. And it, it's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's, it's how ineffective it is and how long it might take you to get results. So having four or five, as I like to call it, horses in the race, really increases the chances that, that you're going to win that race. I don't want you to have... 13 strategies going because it's practically impossible to do all of those well and to manage all of them effectively. So four or five strategies with the emphasis on active strategies if you are in, let's call it a hurry, to get another job. You're either unemployed or you have a deadline that you've set for yourself. I want to be in a new position by X. Then you're going to want to have mostly active strategies in your arsenal. If, on the other hand, life is good and grand and glorious and you just want to be open for opportunities, you're thinking maybe in a few years I'm going to want to make a shift, I'm going to kind of get the ball rolling now, but it's going to be very passive, then you could do all passive strategies if you want to. Just know that, typically speaking, two things. Passive strategies will, it'll take longer to get a result, but there is less time commitment on your part for a passive strategy. All right, so those three tips again, for maintaining a positive attitude throughout the duration of your job search. Number one, 
set daily or possibly weekly job search goals, depending on how intense your job search is, and then reward yourself regularly when you achieve those goals. And make sure those goals are very specific. You've probably done, you know, SMART goals before. So make sure that those goals are metrics driven, they can be measured, and you know exactly what success looks like. Number two, celebrate your failures. Consider them the currency that you're spending to get to success. And so, again, I, I wouldn't even think of them as failures. I would think of them as, well, that didn't work, or that avenue that I thought was the one for me, that position, it just wasn't. There's something better coming along. So really celebrate those rejections and those non-responses as the currency to get you to your great job. And then number three, regularly evaluate the ROI of the job search activities you're engaged in. Figure out what's working, do more of that. Figure out what's not working, do less of that. And adjust that job search strategy periodically so that you're getting the most bang for your buck in terms of the time and the money that you're putting into your job search. All right, so that has to do with attitude check during the job search. I hope that's been helpful. We're going to kind of the whole month of March, we're going to really be talking about mindset and your thoughts and attitudes during kind of critical periods in your career. So uh, we're going to be talking about um, relationships one week and managing those relationships at work. We're going to be talking about managing your thoughts about your contribution to the company and how you value yourself at the company that you work for. So I hope this has been helpful. As always, I want to be your career coach. So send me a question. I hope you'll rate and review and subscribe to this podcast. Um, I want to be your career coach. So send me a question and, and I'll answer those questions in the, in the comments. And as always, you can reach out to me by email at lesa at exclusivecareercoaching.com or you can visit my website, exclusivecareercoaching.com. See you next week. Bye. You've been listening to the Exclusive Career Coach with Lisa Edwards, CEO of Exclusive Career Coaching. It would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Also, I want to be your career coach, so be sure to ask questions about your career management challenges and job search situation. Until next time.